Hello, and welcome back to the Run the Day podcast. I'm your host, Nick Simmons. With me, as always, is Kamala. Say hi, Cam. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, guys. This is an awesome episode. We have a celebrity trainer with us. It's Simone De La Rue, and she has trained some of the biggest names in Hollywood. She gets them ready for the red carpet or for roles, whether they're putting on weight or losing weight for the big screen. Cam, what did you think of this one? Wow, just blown away by, you know, some of the people she's worked with. First of all, Taylor Swift, Sandra Bullock, Matt Damon, Chrissy Teigen, Jennifer Garner, just to name a few. She says literally every celebrity she ever wanted to work with, she's worked with. How cool is that? (laughs) You made it. But what I love so much about Simone is, you know, behind what she's doing, she cares so much about the person and everything that they've gone through and what's brought them into her studio. Yeah, and when the person comes into her studio... She says she feels like an amateur psychologist of sorts. She says, I have to figure out what makes this person tick. I have to figure out, you know, why they put on the weight or what makes them motivated. And she says, as much as she enjoys training them and getting them ready for their role or or helping them achieve their fitness goals, it's the challenge of saying, okay, how am I going to motivate this person? Not everyone is wired the same. And she has to find out how she's going to motivate each person individually. Yep. Which just shows so much that she cares so much about the individual. This isn't just about, okay, let's get you fit. Let's lose the weight. You know, that is part of it, but she does care about who they are as a human and facing what they've gone through. And her big thing is reaching as many people as possible so she can help them with her fitness goals. She's got apps. She's got DVDs. She's got studios. This woman is incredible. She's lived in Melbourne, L.A., London, New York. I mean, the list goes on. She's got an incredible story. I think you guys are really going to like it. Let's jump right in. Here she is, celebrity trainer, Simone De La Rue. All right, here she is coming at us live from LA. It's Simone De La Rue. Simone, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. How's LA today? It's a little overcast. I don't know why, because it's not June gloom, but I guess maybe, maybe winter is coming and, you know, it's not the eternal sunshine and palm trees, which right. it is every day in LA, let's be honest. Are you one of my favorite LA natives that wears a down parka when it's 65 degrees out? No, because... <laughs> I mean, I've lived in New York, I've lived in London. So like for me, I'm like, oh, this is, this is never cold here. So all of my beautiful like winter boots and winter coats, they're collecting dust oh, in my no. wardrobe. Those are definitely the best items in my opinion. Like your base layers, it's like, oh, whatever. But when you get those jackets out and the boots, yeah. those are the fun ones. I know, I know. They can really style it out with and some. Your accent, are you Australian? So I was born in England. I grew up in Australia and I've been living in the States now for 12 years. Oh, wow. So I think my accent's a little little um, of everything. Yeah. 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 I just picked my mom up from the airport yesterday. She lives in Australia. So I think whenever I get around her, I sound a little bit more Australian. And then I, Uh, I, you know, I code, I guess I pick up from whoever I'm hanging out with. I think. What part of Australia? Melbourne. Oh, I love Melbourne. And speaking of sport, you know, we'll get into fitness a little bit later, but what a great city for sport. I've never, ever met a city that just has more passion for all sport, whether it's tennis or running. I trained down there one winter and, and we ran around the tan every evening and it is just an incredible city. Yeah, it is actually. I mean, it's very, it's got a lot of culture as well, but it's very sports driven. And I grew up you know, of course, you had to barrack or support Collingwood football team. Was a team that, as I said, I feel a little disconnected from Australia now because it has 
prior to living here, I lived in London. So I haven't really lived in Australia for about 20 years. So I feel like a bit of a tourist when I go. (laughs) (laughs) Is that where you got into sport or into fitness when you were living there? Or was it when you came to America? So I actually started as a dancer. So I started dancing when I was three years old and that was always my passion. I remember saying to my mom that I wanted to dance. She wasn't like a ballet mother who pushed me into it. I knew from a very young age that that's what I wanted to do. So throughout my life, I've always been a professional dancer more than an athlete. Although I will say that athletes, I mean, dancers are athletes. What dancers can do with their bodies is kind of crazy. And the amount of training and dedication that that, you know, goes into this practice from such a young age is, you know, on par with any athlete that I know. Absolutely. It's one of those things where dancers are athletes, but not all athletes are dancers. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and I am one of them that can't go the other direction. You haven't got any rhythm? I have no rhythm. You know, it's so funny. I was, I was a pro runner for 12 years and running, you just lose all rhythm, all coordination. Yeah. I could move around in circles and that is about <laughs> it. So no, I can't dance. But you no. know, it wasn't just dancing. You were into a lot of other stuff as well, I believe. Yeah. I mean, when you dance, I guess you have to learn so many other fields. You know, you have to do yoga, you have to do Pilates, you have to do strength training. You know, that's all part of all different tools, you know, that you need for your practice. Absolutely. So yeah, I've definitely dabbled in all of those styles of, of fitness over the years. And dancing took you pretty darn far. Will you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah, I got my first professional musical, like a Broadway show, but I was in Australia at the time when I was 18 years old. And I think most people have heard of Cats, the musical. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that was a, a, you know, a huge highlight for me because I'd literally just left what we call in Australia, you know, high school, secondary school. And I I got, you know, a musical straight away. And I really didn't look back after that. I did a few shows in Australia and then a couple of them went to Asia and then they took me to Germany. And then I ended up in the West End in London. And then finally I ended up on Broadway. So I really have seen a lot of the world and You know, I did that for 18 years. I did so many shows over the course of those 18 years. Cats, Fame, Grease, Happy Days, Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, Candy, Santa movies, so many things that really, you know, I ticked so many boxes as a dancer that I wanted to do. And obviously Broadway was a huge one for me from a little girl coming from a small suburb in Australia called, it was Aspendale. I grew up by the beach and to be able to, you know, do a show on Broadway was absolutely a dream come true. Oh, I can only imagine. What was it like when you finally arrived in New York? You know, it's, it's so weird because you always have expectations of things, don't you? And I, I thought, oh, Broadway's going to be just so fabulous. But at the end of the day, the experience was the same, you know, that I'd had also in London on the West End and that I'd also had in Australia. It just happened to have, you know, an American accent and it just happened <laughs> to have a Broadway title in front of it. But that was actually a compliment to Australian talent and also British talent that, you know, that everyone was on par with Broadway. And were you appalled by our coffee when you arrived? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I hear from every single Australian I know, but especially the ones from Melbourne. Yeah. I like, I always say I'm a bit of a coffee snob and it's only because literally every corner store or, you know, like deli, so to speak, would serve you the most incredible coffee. 
coffee, right. you know, like flat whites and lattes and little tiny glasses. And so then you get here and you get drip coffee. And I was like, what is this? This is mud. Like this tastes horrible. Dirt and water. You don't like our yeah. dirt water. <laughs> This is not coffee, but it's gradually catching on here, especially in New York and L.A. Obviously, both those cities have a lot of Australians there, and so it's become such a trendy thing now, hasn't it, to have you know a good coffee experience. So I think it's gradually catching on. It is, it, and we're, we're learning slowly. You know, mm. we, we rolled out a Starbucks on every corner, and we called that good coffee. But as, yeah. as consumers' palates are getting more and more you know, refined, they, they understand uh, local roasters and and we actually just brought the flat white to America a few years back, if you can believe it. So it's a, it's a start, you know, but let's get back to all that you're doing because you seriously mm-hmm. are, you know, you have your hand in everything. You've got the ABC DVD, Arms Body Core DVD that you release. You've got Body by Simone, the app. You, you know, have your studios. How do you balance it all? This is a really incredible portfolio of things that you have your hands in. That's a good question. I think I've always been very driven and very ambitious. And I think something that that dance gave me was a wonderful discipline that really teaches you to keep continuing and keep pushing. And I think, you know, dancers and athletes, the same kind of mentality. Some people may call that crazy. And I have been called crazy in the past. In a good way. Yeah, but I think, you know, you've got to have that drive and constantly keep moving forward and evolving. Otherwise, you just, you know, people are going to take you over. So you have to keep moving. But I have a wonderful team of people or, you know, I've created a wonderful group of people to support me. I think there's something about, you know, coming from Australia and being a female and being a little blonde, you know, girl, I think people think they have an, you know, anticipation or stereotype of what they expect from me. So I've always had this little bit of ego of like, well, just tell me I can't do it and then I'll show you, you know. So I've always had that that urge to just succeed. But it hasn't come from a place of ego. It's actually come from a place of pure passion because I've always loved to dance. I've always loved how it makes me feel. And now I have the ability to share that with other people or as many people as I can. So it's an act of service now for me. So I, that what drives me and fuels me constantly is just the changes and, you know, the way that it, it helps people. So without sounding too corny, that's a huge part of what really, you know, keeps me motivated. Absolutely. And, and it's not just celebrities. It's, it's, you know, your average male and female from, from all walks of life. But tell us a little bit more about the celebrity training that you've done. Yeah, I've been very blessed for seven years now. I've actually trained, I think, every top celebrity or everyone that I've wanted to on my wish list from Sandra Bullock to Taylor Swift to Matt Damon to a lot of Victoria's Secret models, Chrissy Teigen, Natalie Portman, Naomi Watts. Yeah, Jennifer Garner, like the list goes on. I've been really blessed to work with a lot of celebrities. And, you know, the favorite part or the part that I enjoy most is working with them on a film role because, or working towards a red carpet or a a Grammy performance or something like that, or an Oscar red carpet, because, you know, we've got a goal to work towards. And it's really fun working on films with them because it's a, you know, a three month training process before the film starts. It's training throughout the film. And then obviously you get to see the finished product on the big screen. So, you know, that's a huge part of my business celebrity and obviously living in LA is very celebrity driven. And we get a lot of people come in because 
this is the celebrity workout. But, you know, I've managed to stay quite grounded through all of it because at the end of the day, they're just people and, you know, they need help as well. And, you know, I try not to treat them any differently and they sweat the same as we do and they have good days and bad days. And, you know, they need the motivation from me just as anyone does. So I really try to stay grounded in that experience and also just be real with them. And I think that's why I've been so successful is because I just, you know, I don't tell them yes all the time. I don't feed them all the things that they want to hear, you know, which they often get so much because people just don't say no to them. So I've just, I mean, I've managed to respect their privacy as well because people always ask me every day to, you know, can tell us a story about so-and-so or tell us (laughs) the thing. Of course, I think the reason why a lot of them have stayed with me for so long is because I am very protective of them. So Absolutely. And, you know, you've been surrounded by by such success. Are there any common characteristics that you've noticed of these people as do they have incredible drive? Are they up at three 30 in the morning? You know, what are some of the common threads that you notice across some of the, the successful people that you've trained? So I think in general, I seem to attract a type personalities, but you know, they say that you are what you attract. Right, yeah. And I think those who don't have that kind of drive, don't last very long with me because they also realize that, oh, this is a lot of hard work. It's not a quick fix. However, I work, the people that I've worked with are at the top of their game. So this is something that they've made their career and they've been doing for a very long time. So they know that they know the game. And the other part of it is they get paid $20 million a film. So yes, get your ass up out of bed. <laughs> I like that. So do you talk, yeah. do you talk, talk them a little bit? A little, but I have to say they are all very extremely motivated because once again, it's just like your body's on show, you know, and unfortunately, especially for females, such a huge part of your body image. You have to look good on the red carpet. You have to look good in magazines. You have to look good on film. So it's a vanity thing for them, but also at the same time, it's part of their job and they get paid. Are there some that fight you on it a little bit? I mean, obviously they know they need to do it, but... And I speak as a, as a former athlete and I fought my coaches. I know that you were there to help me. I know what they said was what I needed to hear or what I needed to do. But for me, and I guess it was just our back and forth. I had to let them know that I'm tired and I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Do you have a lot of, of your celebrities fighting you a little bit on it? A little, but I think, you know, I always approach each session as a psychology session as well. So it's really like trying to get into whatever the mood of the client is that day and trying to change their mindset. Because I always say that, you know, one-on-one sessions are like therapy. Sometimes, oh, we just happen to exercise on the side, you know, so it's really, you have to be in tune with the person, I think, and what their needs are for that day. And understand there's days when I'm like, okay, I can see they're hurting. I'm not going to push as hard. And then other days when I see that they have plenty of energy and I will push them a little bit harder, but it's definitely a psychology session every time I go in. I really love that that's the way you approach it, that, hey, we're going to work out our body, but you know we've got to get into that mind as well. I think too often people focus on the end results of I want to be skinny or I want to be bulked up and they forget the journey, the process of, hey, why am I doing this? How is this going to benefit me long term? So I love that you definitely understand the way that the brain controls the body. How do you convey that? And it's obviously an important part of your brand. How do you transfer that through a DVD or through your app? 
Yeah, it's challenging. But I've always said my motto is to try and make exercise fun and joyous. And I know for women, you know, it can be there's such a vulnerable thing to want to even come to an exercise class. So really trying to portray that through, um, I always say to all of my staff, when I hire all of my staff from the front desk to the managers, to all of the trainers, just to, to be kind and create a beautiful environment that's welcoming and that, you know, is non-judgmental. And that I always say, leave your ego at the door. We're all going to come in here and sweat together. So I try and create that from the physical studios that I have and then moving, you know, to the online world, which is basically where we're moving now as everything is becoming, you know, the online experience is really just trying to bring some of my personality through because, you know, I say this often, And I say it to a lot of, you know, young entrepreneurs starting up, starting a business. And it's like at the end of the day, a bicep curl is a bicep curl. Overhead press is an overhead press. A a mile is a mile. Like I'm not reinventing the wheel or I'm not teaching you something that you can't necessarily learn down the street, but I'm trying to sell a feeling. So the feeling that you get when you do that and, you know, how you're going to feel about yourself. And this is especially strong point for women because women are so judgmental and so hard on themselves. So I really try and put, you know, send the message that we can work out, we can do this, it can be fun and joyous. We don't need to take ourselves too seriously, but you also want to give them somewhere to work towards, you know, you don't want it to be too easy, but yeah, it's just really trying to bring, I guess, personality to it, you know, and some people respond to tough love and, but most people where I've found that I deal with and most women don't respond to tough love, you know, people want to feel nurtured. And so it's really important to try and uh, portray that somehow. So I think it just has to come from my spirit. I don't know. I think it's just part of my personality and who I am. So. All right. We'll be right back for the conclusion of this interview. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, Kamala here at RunGum. We're so excited to let you know that RunGum can now be found at Target nationwide. Our energy gum is designed to help people make the most of their busy days. And this awesome new partnership is allowing us to reach and inspire so many more people. You can now find RunGum in the sporting goods section at a Target near you. Now back to the podcast. Here at Run Gum and the Run the Day podcast, we always talk about goal setting as you got to break it down into bite-sized chunks. They have to be manageable goals. If you have a client and let's say they're getting ready for a big role and maybe they need to lose 20 pounds or need to gain 20 pounds, which can be a pretty incredible weight fluctuation. How do you break those down? You know, you have to see those, we call them KPIs, key performance indicators that kind of get you excited about making the right moves towards your goal. I know when I used to cut weight for racing, I would say all I have to do is lose one pound this week, you know, and maybe I was trying to lose 10 or 15, but if I lost that one, it was like, holy cow, I'm actually, what I'm doing is working. How do you inspire your, your athletes with little KPIs or or bite-sized chunks that are, are much more manageable? Yeah, that's a really good question. I haven't mentioned, but one of the other many things that I'm doing is a TV show called Revenge Body. Yes. Tell us more about that, please. On the E! Network, this is my third season and it's dealing with people who are overweight, you know? So it's it's fascinating for me because it's really teaching me new skills. It's making me step outside my comfort zone because it is easy to train a celebrity that has to lose maybe five pounds and who's paid $20 million to look a certain way. But to deal with someone who needs to lose between 30 and 50 pounds, who thinks that going to McDonald's and ordering the salad with, you know, the croutons and the dressing is a healthy option. It's like 
starting from scratch. So today, for example, is their first week with me. I have them for 12 weeks. And today we had to get on the scales. We do measurements, we do photo comparisons, and we do scales. So every Monday... I take a photo of them in the exact same spot um, and they'll do a forward shot, then a profile and then a back shot. I'll take their measurements, biceps, chest, three areas in the waist, hips and thighs, and they'll also weigh them. And so then every Monday we go back and we do another comparison photo and put them side by side. We look at the inches and we look at the scales and see, you know, what weight loss. And, you know, a huge part of that is that's your motivation. You know, that's when you're going to see how did you go that week? And, you know, we're looking at, I'm looking at people trying to lose two and three pounds a week because our end goal is, you know, between 30 and 50 pounds. It's like asking them to send me photos of their food, you know, every day, like send me what you're actually making for lunch, send me what you made for dinner and what you had, you know, how much sleep are you getting? And then also setting, you know, strength goals, because when the first week, when they come to me, these people, majority of them can't even do a squat or can't even do a push up. So by the end of the 12 weeks, we're like, now you can do 10 push ups perfectly and you can hold that wall squat for 30 seconds. So there's different milestones that I look at, you know, to try and motivate them and get them on this journey. But it's definitely been eye opening for me and been a wonderful experience to train people that have absolutely no tools, no skills, no knowledge about healthy eating and weight loss and having to teach them to set these goals as well. But you know what's fascinating is when you said before, like dealing with athletes and dealing with A-type personalities, it's actually easy because that person is driven and that person wants to do it and that person knows not to give up. But this revenge body experience for me is not easy because these people just want to give up. Like after week one and they're just like sitting on the floor crying and they're sweating and, you know, because it's just so challenging for them. So it's like it's very interesting to see the, the different, you know, two different worlds of mine that have kind of, you know, been brought together to make me find ways to motivate people. And I guess the message that I'm trying to say is that everybody is different and everybody finds a different way to be motivated, but it really has to come, you know, from the mental side of thing. Like it's why people put on the weight in the first place. There's always an emotional reason why there's always some trauma and you have to get to that to find out what that is. And then, you know, the excess weight comes off, but you've got to go through that. psych once again, back to psychology, that psychological process of getting to what that grief was or what that issue was that made people put the weight on in the first place. It's just so incredible for me to hear you say that, you know, as, as somebody where I think so many trainers and, and nothing against the trainers that are, are really focused on just, Hey, let's get in the gym and get the work done. But mm. it is so much more than that. I, there's almost a spiritual connection when you're out working out. If you can if you can find that that flow and that zone. And I think that, you know, for a lot of people out there, it's that moment when you've wrapped up your workout. And I, I took this for granted when I was younger. I'd get done with my workout and I'd be like, all right, worked out again. There's another one in the books. Yeah. And I wouldn't take the, take the just, you know, 30 seconds, even a minute after a workout to just look down and be like, how freaking cool is that, that I was just able to do that, that run, or was able to, you know, finish that weight session. I think that, that too often we take for granted how incredible our bodies are. And I think that you're really providing a gift as you approach this from the psychological standpoint saying, Hey, there was trauma here. What makes this person tick? And how can I get them to enjoy that moment, that endorphin rush, that runner's high or, or lifter's high 
You know, if you can teach them that, then that is an addicting experience that, that can fuel one's passion for fitness for a very long time. Absolutely. You know, I say to people, you know, cause you get, we're living in a world in America where they just put everybody on antidepressants. Like everybody's on medication, you know, and I'm like, get off the meds, do some exercise. I love that, it. That's your good endorphins. You know, yeah. we just need to look at, you know, positive ways of, of making people feel better about themselves. And yeah, I mean, I have a t-shirt that's that I says dance is my therapy and, you know, it's like exercise is your therapy. It's like such a a mental thing and a spiritual thing and an emotional thing. And if you can connect to that, then you really will love or learn to love to exercise. I couldn't agree more. So what's next for you? Are you opening more studios? Are things moving more towards television? I know the app came out and and you just mentioned that it's available for download and on Android. That's Body by Simone on Android. You could literally go scale any one of these endeavors, but which one are are you most passionate about or which one would you say is going to take up most of your time as you move forward? Yeah, all of the above. I am actually in the process of opening another studio, but this time it's going to be across the pond in London. It is being built right now and is set to open in January 2019. So that will really open up my market to the UK and to Europe. And I'm extremely excited about that because there's nothing really similar to what I do over there. So we won't have any competition to begin with. So I think there's definitely a need for it. And the people in the UK are definitely catching on to the the love of exercise and boutique fitness. So studio. And then the other part is obviously the online is, is the app, which means that I can connect with so many more people at once. The app is kind of my passion because it's helping so many people. And it's the price is like $19 for the month. And so that's less than one class to come into any of my studios and all of the content that you get, like you can customize your own workout. You can do the recommended workout. You can take a live class, like a stream, a live class from any of the studios. I've partnered with Kelly Levesque, who's a celebrity nutritionist. She's done all of the meal plans. You can choose plant or, or animal protein and get your meals and snacks. And there's comparison photos and measurements and tracking your progress. So it really is bringing myself and Kelly to into the lives of people all over the world. And, you know, my main goal is just to try and help as many people as I can. And that's the beauty about online content is you can have access, you know, to as many people. I can do one workout, one live class, and, you know, 10,000 people can be watching that at once. So uh, I just... Yeah, it's a work in progress. I need to constantly keep updating it. I need to constantly keep improving it, but it's it's a wonderful way to connect with people. Well, and you've, you've got such a wide network uh, from Australia to LA to New York to London, and now you can connect with all of them at once uh, via the internet. So it's, it's, yeah. it is truly a 21st century empire that you are building. And I want to make sure that everyone listening has a chance to check you out online um, what's the best way for them to follow you? Is it is it Twitter or is it Instagram? All of the above? Yeah, I'm not good at Twitter, so don't follow me on Twitter. But a Body by Simone is my Instagram handle. Um, you can go to my website, bodybysimone.com. I have a book. I have five DVDs. I've got the app. We've got a, a Facebook community called Body by Simone Society. They've just started to try and create a community and a place for people to you know discuss and ask questions. Yeah, that's how you can get me. Simone, you are awesome. I wish you nothing but the best of luck with all of your endeavors. I'll be sure to check out some of your classes online. Um, Can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Talk soon. Thanks for a great interview. Have a good day. All right, bye-bye. Bye. 
A big thank you to everyone for joining us on that episode. If you want to find out more or listen to other episodes, go to rungum.com slash podcast. Also, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or your preferred player. I'm Nick Simmons, and you've been listening to the Run the Day podcast. Until next time.